Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, June the 6th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week five, which is the second Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Tuesday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Psalm passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when I rise, let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His unfailing love. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars, and he puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke, and it came to be, he commanded, and it stirred firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations, he thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. This is the word of God for us. All right, so stop me if you heard it. I love the Bayma podcast, and I'm going to try to link episode or two in the show notes today because I think it uh, dovetails quite nicely with Psalm 33. So here at the beginning of ordinary time or these proper weeks after Pentecost, this long season that stretches through the summer all the way through the fall and up until the time of Advent when the church year starts over, uh, we get to hear the redemptive story of God. And we're uh, tracking with that in the Old Testament readings. Last week it was Genesis 1 and 2 to 2-4. And then uh, just this week, as you uh, listened to yesterday, it's Genesis 12, The Calling of Abraham. And these are important stories. These are founding stories. I mean, um, there's a good chance that Exodus may have existed first, and Genesis was like a prequel uh, to why this God would choose Israel, who's in, who's in captivity in, in Egypt, in order to free them. So you got these founding stories, and they would have been the first stories that Israelite youth would have dwelt upon and meditated upon. And it served as a preface, as Marty Solomon from Bema says, in order to begin to tell their story. Um, one of the things that he talks about, just a little bit of a spoiler alert in some of these early episodes in season one of Bema, he talks about how God is a unique one because God knows how to create and stop in the creation, right? So like we see in Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, 4, that God takes seven days and sure, it could have been seen as literal seven days or can be seen as uh, eras because of the word yom uh, that's used for day. It could be just a certain amount of time. It could also just serve as a, a deep poem to how God orders all of the cosmos to be the temple of God, right? So those, all those things are in play in Genesis 1. 
God stops. It's not because God is done creating. It's just God knew that what had been created will be able to move on its own. It will begin to flourish. It'll uh, be able to multiply. It's given the power through seeds and through childbearing um, in order to see the expansion of this creation. So God knows how to stop creating. And then there's uh, a time during the flood narrative of Noah where God knows when to stop to destroy. Okay, so this is why God is a unique one. God knows the boundary of creation, and God knows the boundary of winnowing or of destroying. And that seems to be the theme in, in, in Psalm 33. It talks about uh, God's creation. First, there's a call to praise God um, that is good because God's righteous and just, right? So he knows the boundaries. He knows the fairness. And then it talks about creation, the gathering of waters into the depths and those things. But it also talks about like shattering the plans of the nations, right? How that if the nations were to conspire, as it would say in Psalm 2, that God knows how to bring an answer so that uh, there's an end to the injustice as it runs throughout the earth. And so this God knows this delicate balance of creation, of when to stop creating and when to stop destroying. And we could like say that, in the, and that's the largest, that's the zoom out, right? That 30,000 foot view of creation. That's also perhaps in our lives too, where God affords us opportunities and God also um, affords us these proper boundaries so that we know it's enough, right? Um, I think of uh, a passage in the later parts of Proverbs, which says uh, that the wicked cast off restraint uh, or there is no vision uh, the people cast off restraint. There's actually a wisdom and a boundary. Like a river is powerful because it has banks for its boundary, right? It's able to channel the water in one direction. Without those embankments, like water, it will just spread all over the ground until it's shallow and ultimately it's swallowed up by the sun and its heat. Because of its banks, because of its boundary, it's able to channel all of its power and to create, right? And to bring life to everything around it, to the vegetation, to the fish that are within it because of its boundaries. I think that's important for us to to reconcile as our lives of believers. Uh, God gives us great power within us. I think of the passage where Paul talks about the same uh, power that raised Jesus from the dead is also at work within us. A place like Ephesians chapter 3 and Romans chapter 6, right? Uh, there's this power within the, the life of the believer. But there's also this boundary. We still are the enfleshed ones. We're the nefesh, the ones that are soulless creatures with life and uh, we're the dust. We come from the dust and we come, we go return to the dust. And so we have to reckon with our days. We have to reckon with our opportunities. That's why the Apostle Paul says to make the most of all of your opportunities because the days are short. He says that corporately to the church, but also to us individually. We will have a boundary, right? And so we see that uh, in Abraham's call, like, you know, yesterday we talked about, like, Abraham is, is told to leave his place, right? So that's his boundary. Like, the fullness that you're going to experience, you can't experience it here. You got to go somewhere else. You got to go to a, to be a foreigner in a different place, right? But as he goes, there's this promise of this infinite potential, right? You'll be, your descendants will be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. So even Abraham knows that he's got this potential but he's also got a boundary. Like the main struggle of humans in Genesis 1 through 11, what we call primeval history, before the patriarchal history in Genesis 12 through 50, is that we we see at time and time again, story after story in Genesis 1 through 11, humans try to reach beyond our boundary, right? And so there's this wisdom 
that comes from Genesis also comes in place from places like Ecclesiastes, where it talks about if you dig a pit, you might fall into it, right? So as you're trying to ensnare somebody and you think, oh, I got to dig a bigger pit in order to catch them, like it'll be too big and you won't be able to get yourself out of the hole that you're digging. Or if you dig through the wall, a serpent might come into your house. So like, yes, you can have a spacious house, but you got to learn when enough is enough so that uh, calamity and hardship won't come upon you, right? So I think that's important for us to reckon in our life of discipleship. What's my opportunity and potential? What's also my boundary? Where can I rely on God and the rest of the community to fill in the deficiency in my own life? So we see that in Psalm 33. This is a God who creates. This God also knows the boundary of when to stop destroying. And so we praise this God because within this God, there is great wisdom, both in how he creates and also how he limits and how he puts things on pause so that they can't go beyond their boundary. And that's good for you and me too. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I rejoice. We all rejoice in you this morning. We thank you that our souls can rise to meet you. And as we do, we thank you for the way in which you've rescued our lives. you filled us with life and hope. And we thank you that that cause gr- causes great potential to be opened up in front of us. Uh, we get to use our gifts. We get to continue to learn and be curious. And new opportunities emerge again and again because great is your faithfulness. We thank you for the community that you've placed us within where we can learn to be counted on and count on others. And because of that, we get to see more than the sum of our parts because of it. So we thank you for the body of Christ today. We also thank you, God, that this calling brings boundaries, delicate ones, which allow us to channel those potentials and those energies, that meekness in the right direction in order to be the people of God on mission with you. And so God, this day, help us to be people who know our boundaries and respect them and also praise you for them. We think that you're the God of justice. You're the God who winnows away. The God who knows how to uh, bring a stop to things in order for that delicate balance of order and justice and mercy to dwell and to flourish within your world. And so, God, we do pray for us individually that you'd help us to understand the signpost and where to begin and where to end. We also pray for the church that we would learn uh, what we should put our hands to and what we should avoid in our cultural moments, that we can be that corporate proclamation and witness of faithfulness about the one God who holds us and all things together. And so God, this day, we just pray that as our day opens up in front of us, we go to workplaces, we dwell with friends and family members, that you teach us to know our place, uh, to thrive in our place so that we can see your kingdom come and will be done. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.